The SpeedCafe.com podcast is brought to you by Morris, the official finance partner of Speed Cafe. Speed! 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 Speed Cafe! Speedcafe.com. Your daily racing fix. Check it out. Speed Cafe. <laughs> Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and this is the Speed Cafe podcast. My guest this time is Supercars turned IndyCar star Scott McLaughlin, fresh from another big year in America. In his third full season in the IndyCar series with Team Penske, McLaughlin finished third in the title battle, scoring a race win and two poles as he consistently contended. The Australia Rays New Zealander interrupted his postseason vacation to chat at length about this year and also his future. IndyCar, NASCAR, supercars, sports cars, it was all on the table. And it's all here in one of McLaughlin's most revealing interviews yet. Got McLaughlin, welcome to the show. And also, thank you for interrupting your postseason vacation to, uh, to have a chat. So, your third full season in IndyCars, third in the championship. You must be reasonably happy. Yeah, thanks, folks. Um, no, it's too easy just jumping on this call. It's uh, one of those things, and and we uh, we're having a pretty cruisy time. Nice to have some chill out after a, a season. Um, but yeah, reasonably happy. I think being top Chevy, top Penske. And, you know, my best position yet in the championship, although we didn't win as many races as I did last year, I think we're in a really good spot um, from a consistency standpoint. And, um, yeah, I just felt like I was driving the best I probably ever have. So really found a really good pace. It's just, you know, Ganassi were really strong this year. And, um, you know, it, uh, you just got to, we got to find another level to go get better next year. Outside the race win you had, of course, which was a highlight. Um, what was the high point of the season for you? Um, oh, I think honestly, every race from you know Indy five hundred onwards, like we were just very solid. Um, I think you know the the last race of the year at Laguna was crazy. We had everything thrown at us, and I sort of felt like. That was awesome. It was. It had this like the Newcastle twenty seventeen type race to it type feeling, um, where things you know penalties and you know the, I had front wing damage and you know it was just a crazy race and we were able to come back with the pace that we had and and strategy. Um, I, I guess I was super proud of that race because we were able to just you know not give up and just continue pushing on. Um, but I think the whole, you know, like I said, that the whole second half of the season where we, we had 11 top 10s in a row and we're really, really strong the whole way through pole in my first oval pole and all that stuff. Like I thought we showed really good promise. So you could probably say the whole second half of my year. Of course, IndyCar these days has been for a while ruthlessly competitive. There's just no rest out there, is there? No, it's it's so hard. Like I, I can't explain it. It's just, you know, you're looking for everything, whether it's, you know, 
making sure your shift lights are at the maximum point, whether it's, you know, breaking as deep as you can or maybe just, you know, at 200 PSI less than your teammate just to grab, you know, two or three mile an hour in the middle of a corner. It's it's so hard and every point of difference, um, you know, makes a huge difference to the overall lap time and overall speed of your car. And, you know, I've, um, I've really enjoyed being, you know, a lot more thorough about my race driving, not saying that I was like that before, but I think of sort of the last sort of three years I've been really thorough on what I'm looking at and what I, where I need to improve. And it's ultimately made me a better race car driver and, and I'm, I'm at having a, a blast, but yeah, I mean, you can qualify and pole a week, you know, a, a week before another race. And then the week after that you qualify, you know, outside the top 15 and it's just, that's just how, how it is. Well, you said you felt you're driving better than ever this year in IndyCar. That shows progression. So, I mean, you must feel like a, a proper IndyCar driver, if you like, now, not just a, <laughs> you know, a sedan racer turned eight-wheeler racer. Yeah, 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 you could say that. I think I'm, I definitely think I've uh, turned the page. I feel like a proper open-wheeler driver now. I mean, I feel like I, I, I've got a lot to learn, but just with what I'm trusting with the car, what I'm asking out of the car and, you know, bits and pieces that, you know, I'm talking to my engineer about, you know, I'm definitely a long way down the road. There's still bits and pieces to learn as you, as you know, but you know, I, I feel, um, yeah, definitely feel like now turning the page. If I was to ever, uh, if I was ever drive a supercar, like I feel like it would take me a bit of time now to get used to it more than, it did two years ago where it was like, I feel like if I jumped in the supercar, it would just be like, you know, like the back of my hand. But now I'm like, just, I've, I've learned so many new things about the driving stuff and, and uh, yeah, it certainly would be very weird. And you, you mentioned this earlier that, well, you're obviously now pretty comfortable on the ovals and that, that, you know, that's the big thing you've got to get used to in IndyCar racing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, that pole at Gateway, like that, for me, that was almost, you know, that's probably the best pole you could probably get um, on an oval, apart from obviously Indy, but, you know, just from a driving perspective, because there's so many little details in, in those two laps that you have, um, you know, whether it's your tires going off, you know, within a, a, a half a lap or, you know, trying to figure out what balance you're running end to end on each each side of the track. Um, you know, that for me was a big, like big tick in the box. Um, so to get that pole was big and then, yeah, absolutely. I feel very comfortable, um, know exactly what I want and, and, you know, with the limited amount of practice these days, you know, you have to get up to speed really quickly. And I feel like I've got the confidence and ability to do that now. And you have the best oval track coach in the business on your side, don't you? Rick Mears. Yeah, yeah, he's been great, and he was the first one to text me basically after I got pole. Um, I only seen him. I only have seen him at Indy this year. He's sort of slowing down a bit getting to the tracks, but you know he's a huge hand with you know getting up to speed and and um and learning the ins and outs of what it's all about. And yeah, super um yeah super big confidence booster for me, and and um not only me but also you know Will and Joseph. I think they lean on him a bit as well, and and so um, yeah, it's. it's, it's He's definitely great for the team. Well, speaking of the Indy 500, um, didn't go anywhere near the way you wanted to this year. But as you said, that you're happy on ovals. And you, you certainly 
had plenty of pace at the speedway. So obviously that, re I mean, that remains the place to make the big breakthrough in the next few, next few years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, that's like for me, Oh yeah, absolutely. I think our pace is, is okay. It could be better. Um, but I think my preparation needs to be different there. Um, just with how I prepare, uh, prepare for the month and whatnot. I, I learned a lot this year. Um, so that's, you know, it, it's a, it's a love hate relationship. It's kind of like Bathurst in some ways that race, you know, you, you're the only person who loves that race is the guy that won wins it at the end <laughs> not and no one else really likes it but they you know you get there and you're so excited for it all and you're really you're really pumped um you know that's it's the same sort of feeling so yeah i i've i feel like um next year being my fourth indy 500 i feel like you know that could I really feel I'm coming into my own there and, 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 and learning. I learned a lot. A lot of it clicked this year. It was just a matter of my positioning wasn't the greatest. And just sometimes it just doesn't work out. You know, I felt like really fast, but, and I had some really good restarts. I'd get five or six going into one and two and, and then there'd be a big checkup and I'd just be on the wrong end of it and I'd lose all of it. It just, there's a big momentum sort of shift there. If you don't get it right, quite right. Or things just don't go your way. And, you know, it just was a race that didn't go our way. And, um, but certainly feel like we've got the speed to run up the front there for sure. No better team to be with at the Speedway than Team Penske, given their record there. And talking of the team, Team Penske, you well, they they fit you like a glove and you and you fit right in there. It's um you seem to have great rapport with your teammates Will Power and uh, Joseph Newgarden. Yeah, I think we've got a really good dynamic there between the three of us i mean we we uh we push each other to no end and we hate losing to each other but it's all out in the open it's not we're not sort of hiding from the fact that we don't want each other to beat each other <laughs> and that's i think it, it's because we have so much respect for what one and one another has done in in the world of motorsports especially indycar um so you know and and to be able to have push those guys and sort of move the the envelope a little bit and what we, you know, work on from an engineering perspective and stuff and sort of adding my own sort of knowledge and my own sort of feedback to all that, I feel like sort of moved the team, you know, further along and they've enjoyed that. But yeah, like it's now getting to the point where, you know, they know that I can compete week in, week out and that pushes them to another level. And I know that I've got them who are, you know, legends of the sport and I, I it's pushing me to another level as well to find within myself to be better than them because they're at the very top and um you know I'm, I'm really enjoying that you obviously get on particularly well with uh joseph newgarden uh you're a couple of characters on that bus bros show it's uh obviously a lot of fun and it's proving pretty popular yeah i mean <laughs> that was just an opportunity i guess to prove that there's a different side to Penske drivers in some ways, but, um, and we obviously have a pretty good relationship for sure, but, uh, that's definitely starting to slow down. We're starting to, um, you know, it's, it, it's done, it's, it's, uh, it's done his thing and, and, um, it's been awesome for me and, and Joseph to, you know, for people to get to know us and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we, we're definitely slowing down, probably do one or two or three uh, or four next year, probably I'd say. Um, but, it was getting to the point where, you know, the more you did well, the more the media or the sponsors asked of you. So 
so it was getting harder and harder to film. So, um, yeah, we've, we've definitely taken a little bit of a, 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 you know, a step back from that the last little bit, but we definitely do have a good rapport, that's for sure. Yes, well, with success um, comes greater demand. So classic case of be careful what you wish for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. Look, it's fair to say, I guess, four years ago, certainly five, open-wheeler racing, much less IndyCar, wasn't on your radar. Take us back to how did it happen? How did you go from being, you know, Penske's top gun in supercars to suddenly being, you know, channeled into IndyCar racing? Um, look, I, I always had an interest in IndyCar and was watching it a lot. Um, particularly, you know, when Will won the championship in 18 and that won the 500, sorry, in 18 and, and all that. Um, but I think Tim Sindrick really was the one. I always just thought that, you know, the team wanted me to be a, a NASCAR driver or wanted me to go along those, like, just because of my, I guess, where I'm from and my pedigree and, and supercars and touring cars and whatnot. And then, you know, Tim was the one that sort of, you know, said, Tim Sindrick was the one that said, you know, do you want to try IndyCar? And that was probably around, probably 2019, uh, yeah, Darwin 2019 when he was out and um he and I said yeah I mean I I certainly would love to uh don't really know how I'll go but he's like no there's no pressure on that we'll just you know it wasn't like he was shutting the door to NASCAR he was just like you know I think IndyCar really fits your style from a you know lifestyle perspective there's less races it's very similar calendar to the supercars you, know, you get to run on ovals road courses street courses um, you know, going into NASCAR, it's, you know, you're racing against guys that have run ovals their whole life, you know, um, whether that's dirt, whether that's tarmac, you know, and, and it's, it's bled into them. It's not saying that I could have never have done it full time. It's just that the lifestyle of an IndyCar racer is definitely a lot, uh, a lot less demanding. Um, and I have my free time, which I'm having right now, you know, on my vacation where the NASCAR guys are still going. But they also get endorsed and paid for that, which is, you know, that's that's a part of the deal as well. But I, I guess, you know, Tim gave me the opportunity. I jumped in the simulator. I really liked it. Jumped, tested, really went well. And, you know, here we are. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, it would be fair to say that, you know, four or five years ago, like I def definitely didn't think I was going to be in this position. Uh, I thought I'd be in America, but I just didn't think I'd be in this position. So, but I wouldn't change a thing. I, 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 I love it. I I'm so glad to have come here and the challenge of it all. And um, yeah, it's, it's something that's been really awesome. Well, you say back then you saw yourself or your future self more as a, a NASCAR racer. Well, mm. that begs the question, you know, given the success of your former arch rival, Shane Van Gisbergen and, his impending move to NASCAR, Brody Kostecki made a big impression. Um, supercars drivers are suddenly on the NASCAR radar. So why aren't you having a go as well? Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those things, folks, you know, you sort of, um, I'm 
happy with what I'm doing. And I think, you know, that I think you got to thank Justin Marks and um, for giving supercar drivers the opportunity, especially Shane, to come over and do what he did. And then there was the perfect storm for Shane to do what he did at, at Chicago um, on a street course. And it was raining and whatnot. And what he did was amazing. And I, I had so much fun watching that. Um, for me, you know, there's they know that I'd love to try one. I'd love to drive one. Whether I want to drive it like full-time or over, I don't think so. I'm very happy with what I'm doing full-time in, um, in NASCAR. For me, it's uh, I'd love the opportunity to drive anything. Um, but, yeah, certainly there's, there may be an opportunity in the future. I'm not sure, but I'm not hanging my hat on that. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very happy with what I'm doing here. I think regardless if Shane comes over, which he is coming over next year, you know, Brody in the near future, Cam, you know, he's been talking about it. Like it's it's hard and it's gonna take some time, especially in in the NASCAR series. And um, you know, I, I yeah, gonna be watching it with a keen interest. But like I said, I'm I'm very happy with where I'm at right now and don't really have any sort of like really want to like change too much of where I'm going. But surely, Scott, Team Penske must be thinking now, well, hang on, we've got this uh, ex-Supercars champion at our disposal. Why don't we uh, throw him into a road course race or that street race in the in the Cup Series? Has that been discussed? Any likelihood? Uh, it hasn't really been discussed, but I know, like, I know there's been guys around the team that have sort of oh you know you should have a go or whatever and that was a long time before Shane came over or anyone really knew who he was before he came you know um it's but it's you know I I trust the process I mean I, I don't really I don't really it's not something that I'm like oh I have to do it now because Shane's done it or Brody or whatever it's for me it's like I'm I just if they want me to have a chance if they have the right sponsorship or the right opportunity comes along. That's that's the thing. I think I believe in the right opportunity. I believe in what they've they've done for me to the, this point in my career. Everything they've done for me has been a benefit and a positive impact to my career. So I can't imagine they're going to put me into a NASCAR race or whatever if they don't think it's right for me. And I know that the opportunity will come if I just sort of chill out and wait and and um. You know, and tr like I said, trust the process, and you know, and fully, I fully believe that. And if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. And like I said, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. It, it would be great, though, wouldn't it, at one of those Cup Series road course races to have Shane, maybe Brody, maybe Cam, and and you all in the same field. I, I it'd be crazy. I just, I, I hope that, um. From a supercars perspective, I you know, there's a lot of stars that are wanting to leave that sport. So I, I want, you know, I want the best for both worlds. That's for sure. That that's a good point. It's um, it could be a bit of a well, yeah, you could call it a, a brain drain if suddenly supercars stars become the hot ticket over there. Um, we we risk pulling the guts out of our our own top level. Yeah, well, I think that's, but that's also up to the sport and that's up to the teams um, and all that to also help, you know, compensate the drivers or, you know, um, listen to them and, and, and um, 
I know, yeah, I've read a lot of the articles and and whatever about you know how you know penalties or stuff that's still happening that was happening five or six years ago. You know, people are getting sick and tired of it. I mean, it's that I think that's the only reason why you know people are sort of looking elsewhere is because the racing looks like it's you know not as um as you know as, as what they've said it sounds like it's not as enjoyable as it was um and we know how good that product is down under and that's why our drivers are so good but there's also another reason is like the will browns you know the bryce forwards the you know kai allens who's a young kid coming up like it, now it's up to them to you know take over the mantle of shane or whatever and i mean we've got to look at Chaz as well from a perspective of a veteran now you know to you know, to promote the sport, not only internationally, but internally to make sure that supercars is not, you know, is, is continues to go from strength to strength. Yes, well, as you touched on, there is there is a problem back here, you know, among certainly the leading drivers that they're not being listened to and the officiating is still inconsistent in terms of, you know... What do they want? Do they want us to, you know, race closely, you know, lots of fender <laughs> contact and all that? It, it you know, yeah. so I feel like that's been the same. And you know, you know, as good as I have, like, I feel like that's been the same thing for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I yes. think, I think, but there's got to be some sort of, um, you know, I, I think supercars do have to listen to the drivers, but I think at the same time, drivers can't get ahead of themselves either. But I think there's there's definitely a there's a middle ground there that they've got to find, which I just from a from a perspective of watching it from afar now, I still don't think they've got, and that's that's what makes me sad about it. Okay, you of course broadened your own horizons horizons this year in racing by, um, well putting your putting a big toe into sports cars. Um, how's that gone? For you, do you think, and where is it possibly leading to? I mean, there's a pretty big sports car operation at the same place yeah. where you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just actually, just probably fifty feet from my uh, from my car. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's pretty incredible uh, what you know Porsche Penske Motorsport have done. But um, for me, I've always wanted to do Daytona, Sebring, Petite, which I'm doing all this year. Uh, may not be in the top class, but actually competing in those races to win Sebring was, you know, it was electric. I, I had such a blast doing that and having fun with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the same, you know, sort of thing. I'm, I'm. It's just I'm doing it because it doesn't really affect me from a, you know, calendar perspective. It, it works out nicely. I um, mean, it's only a few hours from Charlotte, especially Petit Le Mans. So um, I'm, you know, able to do it. But that something that definitely interests me is to, to run in the top class um, in those three races. And then potentially if, if it ever, you know, came to fruition, um, you know, Le Mans. So that, that's definitely something that I'm uh, aiming for in the, in the future. But, but again, it's, it's one of those sort of, you just got to trust the process and let it all happen. Certainly something to which you can very much look forward and, uh, when you're talking about getting a start at the Le Mans 24 hours, it, it, it sort of puts constant questions about whether you're coming back to the Bathurst 1000 in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with Bathurst, it's, um, 
you know, I, I think if I hadn't have won that race, folks, like the want to do it and to do it right with the team, um, would be a lot higher than, than it is for me right now. I, I just right now I'm, I, I feel like I've still got so much fish to fry here overseas that, you know, I feel that's for me on my radar as much as that's one of my f- most favorite races in the world. And it means so much. It's like that, that I've done that, you know, and I want to, I want to, you know, find the best. That's why I'm trying to do petite right now, which is, a, you know, it's an awkward time to do that. Um, you know, here in, because, you know, it's right around the Bathurst season. So, and then obviously, you know, with supercars bringing back the 500 and, and whatever that, that, that's very close to my end of my season or, or whatnot. Um, well, obviously I'm, I'm free to be able to do it this weekend, but it's, it's just a, it's a rushed time of my life with the banquet, with things going on with sponsor appearances. Um, but yeah, look, I, like I said, I think I would be more, um, aggressive with wanting to try and do it if I hadn't won that race. Um, so that's probably, you know, sort of where it's at my, my level of want. Well, hopefully we'll see you back here one day, back here behind the wheel, I mean. Yeah, the, I'd, I'd love to. Oh, no, I'd love to. I mean, if the right opportunity came, I've got a lot of loyalty towards DJR and, you know, what they did. I mean, you know, I did speak to, um, you know, Jamie and the team there very briefly earlier in the year, and it just it just didn't kind of feel right um, to do stuff um with a pretty big enemy of of mine that was for three years as much as I'm very good friends with Shane. Um but yeah it's it's something that uh ultimately, you know, I, I think if I had the right opportunity with DJ again and it fall, fell into place, you know, commercially and whatnot, I would I'd love to do something. But um it's just it's a little complicated at the moment. Wow. You and SVG together at Bathurst, that could have been something. Yeah, it could have been, but it was very, it was very, uh, very brief, um, chat, but we, uh, yeah, it was something that just, um, yeah, couldn't work really that at this point in time. <laughs> All right. And, uh, are we going to see you back here? Um, well, you're out here for the Adelaide 500 last year and you did some sterling work on the broadcast. Um, are you coming back over this summer? No, I won't be this summer. I'm, I'm, um, we got a lot of, um, I'm, well, I'm staying here. It's my wife's turn, uh, for Christmas this year over here in New York. Um, but we, uh, have a lot of hybrid testing and whatnot for the 2024 season. So basically all November and December, there wasn't enough time between those testing events to make a decent trip out of it for how expensive the flights are right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, going to stay over here and, and enjoy America and hopefully I'll be back there and, um, in the new year and and you are enjoying life in the united states aren't you aside from the racing but whenever i talk to you i get the feeling that you're you're really loving living there yeah i i really do love it folks it's um i miss home i wish i could move, move family friends and whatnot you know just and be right next door but that's that's the hardest thing is being away from friends and family but from a a lifestyle perspective, um, I, I find it very similar to Australia. Um, you know, the, the, the you know, being able to you know, explore America 
period of place that I've you know really never seen before. The last three years, I've really enjoyed doing that and the culture and and whatnot. Um, had a blast doing it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly can sort of see us being here for the long term. Um, and 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 creating something pretty cool here. So, it's um yeah yeah I wouldn't change it for the world. That's for sure. Before we let you go, I feel we just much must touch on the fact of how well Kiwi drivers are doing over there and in and with Liam Lawson in Formula One. It, mm. it must be, well, it must excite you to see how well New Zealanders are doing um, in global motorsport. Um, and of course, it also begs the question of why aren't there so many Aussie drivers uh, getting their leg in in top open wheeler classes? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I think uh, with Liam now in Formula One and you've got you know, Mitch Evans and Nick Cassidy teammates at Jaguar and Formula E and then you've got you know, me, Scotty and Marcus here in IndyCarber and Hartley or Bamba, like, like the list goes on. Um, then Shane, obviously, like what he's doing in NASCAR, like you're really sort of, you know, taking over the 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 world of motorsport in some ways and it's amazing. I think a lot of it has to do with how we grow up in terms of where we race. And that's not only just in New Zealand. I think, you know, the the carters that race they go over and race in Australia as well in the Australian Car Championship. But um uh, obviously it starts a lot of it, it starts with karting itself and we just have such a good pedigree down under and the conditions we race again race in and um it's we learn a lot of things pretty quickly um but we also learn from a uh i i guess you you mature pretty quickly because you just have to because it's just you you know the the, the world is a lot bigger outside of our area so if you want to go to Formula one or or whatever you're going to europe you or if you want to go to indycar you gotta you know, you, you gotta america quickly like there's a kid named jacob douglas here racing f2000 like he lives over here by himself he's like 18 years old or whatever and he's like and he's killing it but he had to mature quickly and that's just what you have to do and i i don't know why new zealand is just it's right now it's just a great era for our sport and what we're doing and um you know i'm, I'm very excited for everyone down under with the representation we have not only new zealanders but australians as well well, you have such a shining example there in Scott Dixon, who you mentioned, and yeah, IndyCar legend, and still going strong um, after what twenty or more years in yeah. IndyCar racing. I mean, he yeah. he was obviously a hero, but as I said, he is such a shining example, and you know, runner up again in the series this year. Yeah, he's just a he's a stud. Like he he's so. He's so fit, like he's, you know, I think he's 43 now, like he, and he's, he's still as good as he was when he was 25, you know, it's, it's, it's nuts. And, um, you know, he just, he, I've really enjoyed racing against him. I've learned a lot, lot off him, just the way he positions the car, you know, what he does during the races, how he sort of saves the fuel. Um, you know, Ganassi had been on top of, on top of the game there this year, but, you know, Scotty's been unreal. And I, and I, I truly don't believe Scott gets enough. Um, credibility or even will, you know, for that matter, um, you know, down under. I think it's a lot of it's due to because, you know, they left, you know, when they were so young to go to overseas or whatnot, where, you know, I was very lucky. I had supercars, you know, a lot of people grew up 
or watched me grow up through the ranks, including yourself. And, you know, I think you, you, people have that connection to me or connection to, you know, anyone that's done a lot of their racing down under um, where Scotty and Will sort of took off. And I guess that's why they're, you know, not saying they don't get recognized because they do, but they, it's, it's definitely, I feel like they, they don't get recognized enough. And that's, um, I think a lot of it's due to just not being there from the start. I, I think you're right. I think they are underrated down here uh, because of that lack of visibility you mentioned. And, you know, you've won the Bathurst 1000. That seems to be the key to it. Anyone who wins Bathurst, <laughs> your, your fame, if not your fortune, is, uh, is guaranteed in Australasia. All right, Scotty, look, always great to chat. We could go on and on and on, but uh, you've been very kind. So we'll let you go. Great to catch up and certainly a lot to look forward to next season. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, folks, and thanks for the support. Appreciate it. Lots to take away from all that. Not the least, his revelation that he was sounded out by Triple Eight to partner SVG at Bathurst. Wow, what a combination that could have been. I broke that story early this year amid much scepticism. So nice to have it unequivocally confirmed. That's it for now. I'll be back late on Monday with all the latest breaking news on the Speed Cafe newscast. In the meantime, full coverage of racing around the globe on speedcafe.com. And don't forget the latest Speed Cafe Grassroots Racing podcast out on Friday and featuring Monaro Touring Car Masters racer Brett Yildon. Plus a big show coming up next week, looking ahead to the 60th anniversary Bathurst 1000. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 